The views and opinions expressed by contributors on the Spoon River Gothic podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the position of the host. Material heard on the Spoon River Gothic podcast is intended for adult listeners. This podcast deals with mature topics that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Spoon River Gothic, narrative of a double homicide.
talking. I told her don't trust him, <laughs> and she would listen to me. She gave him her apartment key, and then she started um, wanting to come over more often. He was a he was a nice looking guy. He really was. And uh, I had heard bad stuff about him before. You know, he hung out with my husband. They partied together all the time. And uh, I heard a lot of bad stuff about him. But um, and I told her, I said, look, I wouldn't be trusting him. And giving him your apartment key like that, and she said, oh, "I'm not worried about it." She said, uh, "I told him now I want your, or wanted a recliner," and I was like, "You didn't?" And she said, "Yeah." So that was probably the last time I seen her at work, and then it was like I don't know. Uh, the week after that, then uh, like the next weekend or something, they said uh, Linda Billington was our bartender there at work, and uh, she called me and said that told uh, told me that she had been found dead. Another night up at the Elks, and uh, and I seen Kevin was up there, and he was uh, he was one of the cops here in Canton, and he was always up there drinking. <laughs> anyway, he uh, I told him, I said, listen, I said, Donna gave Donnie Bull her apartment key, and. Uh, because we know, you know, otherwise they probably would have never found out it that it was him, <laughs> or even if it was. And I really, I don't know for sure. I say that, but you know, I really don't know for positive that it was him because I was always really uh, not sure about the guy from the bank because he did a lot of weird things. Well, like, well, like they said, you know, it was a bitter cold day out that day, and um, that he went over there. They said that he had walked over there from the bank, and I thought, well, really, as cold as it is, he walked over there from the bank, and then they said he was trying to uh, uh, get into her apartment, that he was trying to take the air conditioner out of the window. And I just thought, well, that's really weird. <laughs> I, this, I just thought that guy was kind of strange, you know, that he acted kind of odd. about him in the past, so I would not have wanted to be alone with him.
afterwards, like, um, you know, just from hearing about him walking over there when it was so cold that day and hearing that he had tried to take the air conditioner out of the window and just stuff like that, you know, it's like, what? <laughs> Why would he do that? And then I've seen him at, El- at the Elks at other parties and he always acted kind of odd when he would see me, you know, like, I-, I think he was almost relieved. I mean, I just got the feeling like he was almost relieved. But I had heard that she had had something going with him and he was married. But like I said, I mean, I still don't know that, I still can't say, even though, you know, they say, oh yeah, they know they got their man, but I still think, how do you know, though? How do you really know? Yeah. I I know he had done some horrific things to women in the past, you know, I heard about he did horrible things, you know, but, um... And I don't doubt that he has it in him, definitely, you know, but I, I still, what if it wasn't him? What if it was that other guy, you know? Yeah, I do. What if, what if somebody got away with murder? Yeah. I don't know that he was the guilty one, even though he did have definitely had it in him to do all that because of the things he had done, uh, violent things against women in the past I'd heard about. To the, um, the state's attorney, you know, and I told him, and oh no, we got our guy, I, you know, it's, you know, to me it's like, um, he was like, oh, no, we got our guy. We got our man. We got our man. He's the one. But how do you know? Um, you know, I, I, that's that's the part that's always um, bothered me. Okay, sure. Yep. Well, it sounds like you have good memories of Donna. Yeah. She was a lot of fun to be around, and, you know, she was a nice girl. She was pretty. She was a nice-looking woman, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just really a shame, you know? I mean... <laughs> yeah. And I was always, you know, but, you know, the cat, uh, I think the cops, you know, to me, it was like they were, you know, happy, happy to have their suspect, you know, and to have to wrap up the case, you know. But I still, you know, I wasn't suspicious about anybody else except that guy at the bank. <laughs> right, right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. that had called me and she was crying and said Donna and, and Justine were both dead and I was like what?
and I seen Kevin McDowell was up there, and he was, uh, he was one of the cops here in Canton, and he was always up there drinking. <laughs> anyway, he, uh, I told him, I said, listen, I said, Donna gave Donnie Bull her apartment key, and, uh, because we know, you know, otherwise they probably would have never found out it that it was him, <laughs> or even if it was. And I really, I don't know for sure. I say that, but you know, I really don't know for possible. Yes, Kim McDowell, Canton, Illinois. Not here to call you. Hi, how are you? Not too bad. Um, so. I, I'm working with Lone Bird Media, and we are conducting research for um, for a case that happened back in 1993. Okay. Um, and it's regarding Donnie Bull. Okay. And um, I was hoping to know if you had just a quick moment for me to ask you a few questions. Yeah, I mean, what precipitated this? What 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 is the what does Lumber Media do? It's a production company um, that produces podcasts, and so we're in the initial stages of gathering research. Um, and the intention is just to give voice to everyone involved. Correct. Okay. Uh, so I was just hoping to know, um, what do you remember? Not a whole lot. I mean, I don't I really wasn't really involved in the case very much. I was a patrolman, and um, I guess the night it happened, when they discovered the fire, I was off duty, and I was already home. I didn't know anything about it until the next day, or later that night when I came back to work, and I. Again, I was a patrolman. I didn't really have a whole lot to do with the case. And how long had you been a patrolman at that time? I don't remember. I mean, what, movie, what year was that, 93? Yeah, 93. I've been a police officer since 78. So. Wow, that's a long time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a lifetime. Um, do you have, I, I know you were just a patrolman, but uh, did you have, do you have any opinions on how the investigation was handled? Um, just my knowledge of what I saw was going on, I was, you know, extremely pro professional. You know, it was, I, I, the way I understood it, it was really thorough, so it, it led to a, a conviction and, and then uh an appeal that was denied, so that tells me that it was well done. Okay. Uh, did you know Donna or Donnie? No. Okay. Um, did you have, what were your initial suspicions at the time? I didn't have any. I had no intimate knowledge of the case. Okay. Well, I think you, well, uh, one last question. Do you feel justice was served? If there was a conviction in court and a denial of an appeal, it's obvious that justice was served. I mean, you, you can't serve justice when you, uh, you know, 
when you have a three-year-old or two-year-old, however old Justine was, and, and Donna, I mean, you can't ever bring them back. So I don't know. I guess that's that. That question is, you know, I don't know how you answer that. Actually, I mean, the baby's still gone, and so is Donna. So I, I don't know. You know, I, I guess for our system of justice, yeah, justice will serve. Okay. For the family. I can't answer that question for the family, but... Right. I understand. Okay, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Um, okay. know that anything else that he did anything else I don't know that he was the guilty one to the um, state's attorney you know and I told him and oh no we got our day I you know it's you know to me it's like um, he was like oh no we got our guy we got our man we got our man he's the one but how do you know You know, I, I, that's that's the part that's always um, bothered me. Spoon River Gothic is a production of Lone Bird Media in association with CZ Studio. The show is produced by August Olson, editing, directing, and producing by Corey Zimmerman. Audio mastering and engineering by E. Mastered. Research is done by Anne-Marie Cannon, Chelsea Mesa, and me, Jinra Illustrissimo. Spoon River Gothic is written and hosted by Corey Zimmerman. You can follow the show at czstudio.works and read the blog at spoonrivergothic.com. Show some love by leaving us a rating or a review on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And stay tuned for the next episode as we dive deeper into the Donald Bull case. Thank you for listening. This is Spoon River Gothic, narrative of a double homicide. <laughs>